This is Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. We are preparing for consecration to Jesus through Mary. St. Louis de Montfort said the surest, quickest way to heaven is to consecrate our lives to Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. When we consecrate our lives to Christ, he becomes our focus. You may be asking yourself, why do I have to do this through Mary? Well, the answer is really quite simple. The Bible instructs us to do so. In the Davidic kingdom, the king's mother was crowned queen. In 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 19 through 21, we see Bathsheba interceding, and King Solomon acknowledges that he will not refuse her. With Jesus being in the line of David, we know he followed the traditions of the Davidic kingdom. This establishes Mary's role as the queen of heaven and intercessor for all Christians. Think about it like this. As mothers, we love our children. And we want what's best for them. What mother hasn't put the finishing touches or that final little tweak on something for our kids? We're known to do things like adjust the flowers just a bit on a, on a flower arrangement. Straighten out the folds and the towels just before you put them into the cupboard. Give the quilt one final tug to straighten it out on the bed. And even double check their homework before it gets turned in. As mothers, it's just our nature to help our children in this way. The book of Revelation reveals Mary as the mother of all Christians, as our spiritual mother. She, too, will take our imperfect offerings and add those final motherly touches so they will be perfect when they're presented to our king. As she looks down on us from heaven, she also sees the bigger picture. She knows more than we do as far as what's best for us. Just like as the mom of the house, we know what's best for our own children, even when they don't see it themselves. As we prepare for consecration, we will be reading from the book 33 Days to Morning Glory by Father Michael Gately and using the retreat companion written by Carol Younger. Your retreat experience will be much greater if you have your own copy of these materials. You can order it at 33daystomorningglory.com. That's the numbers 33daystomorningglory.com. If you don't have it in your hands already, that's okay. Our podcast will be covering everything that's in the materials. When you get your book, I would encourage you to read through the pages we've already covered. This will help to familiarize yourself with the retreat format. Don't be fooled by our conversational style. We do begin each day by reading directly from Father Gately's book with some personal comments intertwined as we go. Taking us through today's readings and meditation questions are Julie Musselman and Mary Beth Finster. Julie, where do we begin our retreat? Today we are going to start with St. Louis de Montfort, and this week we're going to focus on the example and words of one of the great prophets of Marian consecration. We'll begin by learning about his life, and then we'll ponder the essential aspects of his Marian teaching. Let's start by taking a look at the map of France. Now notice something about its shape. See how one part of it sticks out almost as if it were running away from the rest of the landmass, ready to dive off into the Celtic Sea. That jutting arm in the northwest of the country is called Brittany, and that is where our saint today, St. Louis de Montfort, grew up. There's something special about Brittany that seems to have had an influence on St. Louis, its Celtic roots. Brittany is considered one of the six Celtic nations, meaning that the Celtic language and culture still survive. So scratch that part about Brittany being ready to dive into the Celtic Sea. It's already in there and swimming. <laughs> <Totally> swimming. <laughs> and one part of the Celtic culture seems to have seeped deeply into the heart of St. Louis, and that's the high-spiritedness of its warriors. 
you know, from ancient times, Celtic warriors have struck terror in the hearts of their enemies. Have you guys ever seen the movie Braveheart? You know what I mean? You know, the, yep. the fearless figure of Sir William Wallace. He was played by Mel Gibson and his crazy crew of Scottish Highlanders who take on an English enemy many times their size. This shows something of the Celtic fighting spirit, but the real-life version is even more intense. They're often wearing nothing but blue battle paint. Real Celtic warriors would work themselves into a bloodthirsty frenzy, rush into combat screaming their heads off, and wildly slash bass and slice away at their enemies with huge two-handed swords. Those fierce fighting men, despite the lack of discipline, armor, and order, were extremely effective in battle because of their unmatched passion and ferocity. Throughout history, nobody has wanted to mess with those crazy Celtic warriors. Sounds like your house, Mary Beth. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> well, I have to say, growing up in a, in a half-Irish household, I can totally relate. <laughs> Well, St. Louis' dad, Jean Grigion, must have been descended from these wild men warriors, for nobody wanted to mess with him either. In fact, he was known for having the most fiery temper in all of Brittany. As one author puts it, he was a volcano frequently erupting. St. Louis, on the other hand, was as gentle as a lamb, right? Wrong. <laughs> he confessed that his temper was just as bad as his father's. But Louis channeled his fiery passion not to threats and violence, but to laboring for the greater glory of God. Well, except for the time he knocked out a couple of drunks who wouldn't stop heckling him when he preached. We can get a better sense of St. Louis' remarkable zeal if we reflect on his short but incredibly productive priestly life. You know, Mary, when I read that paragraph, Mm -hmm. Father Gately had me hooked. I first I saw the book, I'm like, oh, reading every day for 33 days. I was like, I don't know if I can commit to that. But, you know, just the humanity of St. Louis de Montfort and his dad and their anger, their temper, and their background. Uh, I'm a Kavanaugh, so I've got that Irish in me, too. Just really hooked me, like, this is something I want to do, and this is something, you know, these people aren't that much different from me. Right, they're real people, and, and he made it to sainthood, so there's hope. <laughs> And and that's the whole promise of the whole entire do-it-yourself ret- retreat is that it's the surest, easiest, most perfect way to sainthood. So he, he hooked me then, too. Well, when he died in 1716, St. Louis was only 43 years old, and he'd been a priest for only 16 years. Tireless labors to bring souls to Jesus through Mary, especially by his preaching and endless succession of parish missions, brought about his early death. As if these life-sapping labors weren't suffering enough, Lewis had to bear vicious persecutions from the clergy and Jensenist heretics, even to the point of being physically attacked and poisoned by them. Despite all of this, our indomitable warrior kept advancing on the battlefield, continuously preaching his trademark, Path to Jesus Through Mary. In fact, when leaders in the church in France thought that they thought that they had put an end to his war, to his work, Lewis walked a thousand mile journey to Rome. Can you imagine that walking a thousand That's miles? Incredible. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. And he asked the Pope for his wisdom and counsel. You know what the Pope said? The Pope not only told him to go back to France and continue preaching, but awarded him the title apostolic missionary. Obediently and joyfully, our saint returned to France, where he continued to preach, write, and patiently bear his many sufferings out of love for Jesus, Mary, and souls. St. Louis' passion and zeal lit a fire in a young Carol Wojtyla, the future Pope 
St. John Paul II. A few years before his death, the Pope was able to realize a lifelong dream and visit de Montfort's tomb. On that occasion, he said, I am happy to begin my pilgrimage in France under the sign of this great figure. You know that I owe much to this saint and to his true devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. But what about us? Uh, Do we have a fire in our hearts as we begin this retreat? You know, we should, or at least we should strive for it. Uh, I feel like as long as desire and generosity are key ingredients in making a successful retreat, may Mary intercede for us, and may the Holy Spirit fill us with a passion to conscientiously make these days of retreat, despite, I know, my fatigue, distractions, or obstacles. And let's Mm -hmm. remember that we may have to endure in terms of the discipline of prayer is nothing, I mean nothing compared to what St. Louis went through. And he'll be interceding for us, relying on his intercession and that of the Mother of God. Let's resolve right now to dedicate ourselves to this retreat with the intensity and zeal of a Celtic warrior through without all the face pain and screaming. (laughs) (laughs) And so we pray today. Come, Come, Holy Spirit, Spirit, living in Mary, help help me to make this retreat with generosity and zeal. So, Mary, I love the two words of that prayer, and that's kind of, um, you know, the takeaway from from today's prayer and from today's short reading, generosity and zeal, and how those two things really characterize St. Louis de Montfort. Um, and And I want those things to characterize me, and I feel like for me, I'm pretty good on the zeal usually, but the generosity, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, (laughs) don't quite get there. Yes, I think that's something we all need to work on is is generosity. It's so easy, even within our own homes, within our own within our own families, to sometimes get selfish. And yes, yes. And and I remembered uh, reading Father Gately had talked about Colby, how just how to control his zeal like a fire hose. And I sometimes find I'm all over the place, and I think this will help me to focus and, and, and direct right on Jesus. You know, one of the things, Mary, that really struck me is not only St. Louis de Montfort and his zeal and his anger management issues, maybe, but, <laughs> but I love how Father Gately brings in the future Pope, St. John Paul II, and the impact that St. Louis de Montfort's life and his true devotion to Mary had on the Pope and, and future mm-hmm. saints. And so, you know, we all know that Pope John Paul II, his papal motto was totus tuus, and I, he took that from his total devotion to Jesus through Mary. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing for us as we're beginning this retreat is to consider, you know, where is Mary in my life and how am I devoted to her and, and how could this really help me become a saint? I'm excited to be a part of this because sometimes in our busy lifestyle, it is so hard to find the time to do this. And the neat thing about this, about this devotion that we're pulling together right now, ladies, is this will become a podcast. We're simplifying things. And I, and I like that it'll be encouraging for all of us to know that the rest of us are doing it together. Cause I often mm-hmm. find when I start something, I have all this zeal and then, yes. you know, with anything, you just kind of lose it, you know, about midway and to have all of us supporting each other um, through this it will be so helpful keeping that zeal and energy. We will be going through the workbook next on the reading that we've just actually read, believe it or not, with our preparation for Marian consecration on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. Hail Mary, blessed are 
Welcome back to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. We are embarking on a fabulous retreat, 33 Days to Morning Glory, by Father Michael Gately. Through this retreat, we will learn how this is the surest, fastest way to sainthood. Julie, can you please share with us the dynamics of how this retreat works? The first part of of the show today, we were just looking at the first day's readings from the book, 33 Days to Morning Glory, a do-it-yourself retreat in preparation for Marian consecration by Father Michael Gately. And the way Father Gately wrote this book was specifically for the busiest of people. The goal is to read about two or two and a half pages a day each day for 33 days. And what we're doing with the radio show here is we're doing that in audio. So for those who are on the go and maybe don't have the book in front of them all the time can easily access each daily reading. Another part of the retreat that Father Gately created was that it be done in groups that meet uh, weekly and each day at home the people who are reading, the retreatants who are reading the two pages, have questions that they can go through and consider, and then when they meet weekly with their groups, then they can discuss those questions. In our format, we're going to use the Retreat Companion for 33 Days to Morning Glory, which was written by Carol Younger, and we're just going to discuss those questions with each day so that you can kind of get an idea of what does the retreat entail, and, you know, we're just going to give our honest answer as the point in life where we're at and and how the readings have impacted us and our own thoughts, questions about Marian devotion. Julie, a question. Is this a lot of work? Because I, I really don't have time. Each of the questions are pretty short, and they're reflective questions for the most part. Something might be jogged in your memory of your life, or questions as you were reading can come up. And um, it's pretty simple. It's, it's just as you think, you talk. And we'd like to invite everyone, as, as we're sharing our answers, ponder for yourself what answers you would give. What's question number one, Mary Beth? Consider the place where you grew up in your birth family. Um, the birthplace and parents of St. Louis de Montfort, they had an impact on his intense personality and development. St. Louis then directed all this fiery zeal to the Blessed Virgin Mary because he understood the importance of laboring to bring souls to Jesus through Mary. You know, what is it about your birth family and birthplace that might contribute to or provide obstacles to your own growth in holiness and desire to belong more completely to the Blessed Mother? Well, I'm Italian. Um, All four of my grandparents immigrated from Italy, so do I need to say any more? I mean, you either are all in and loving and being kind, or Uh there's anger. For me, it's definitely growing up controlling my temper. And, um, and and just giving everything to the Blessed Mother. And when I've encountered difficult situations, you know, she reminds me, she whispers to me, but you said you were going to do everything for me. You were going to give it all to me. And, and that's what I truly want to do. It's neat, Mary. Uh, Mary Beth and I have known each other about 15 years now, probably. And watching, she is Italian, she is fiery, she is full of zeal. But as I've watched her as a friend grow in grace, grow in the sacraments, and and see how in her life that zeal has been channeled to the glory of God. You know, to me, she's a living witness of how this was pretty much happening for St. Louis de Montfort, where he had these Mm God-given heritage heritage attributes, if you'd say, of, of being fiery and excitable and that kind of thing, and yet he did 
turn all of that and channel it to use for the greater glory of God. I think as parents, that's our goal with each of our children, too. Whatever their natural talents and attributes are, virtues or lack of virtues, is to help them be molded and guided for all of that to go to the greater glory of God. Really, most of us have got some type of a feisty bloodline in there someplace. <laughs> I've yet to meet somebody who doesn't say, well, I'm Irish, I'm German, I'm I'm Italian, I'm, I'm Spanish. You know, we all have got a little bit in us. So I think it's something that we can all relate to. I, I think so, too. I love just meditating on that today that, you know, in the prayer we said, generosity and zeal, you know, how do we give over that zeal of generosity, making this retreat to our Lord through Our Lady. The second question that is, is in the retreat companion really hits me because it's talking about the fact that St. Louis died at age 43, and I'm a couple years past that mark now. Just thinking about that, okay, the days that we have are few, you know, even if we live to 100 the days are few, you know, and time is of the essence. And and in this question, it says he was only a priest 16 years. In today's world, that may or may not seem like a long time. So what are the circumstances, employments, relationships that have lasted long or longer in your own life? And what benefits do you count because of all those years? Were there difficulties in continuing? And what do you have to say to those who might want to imitate you in being faithful in those commitments? I'm a math kind of person, so the number idea, I love that. You know, I've I've been married 28 years. I have six children. I've been part of a family business for over 25 years. So when you quantify some of those things, see what can you do with the years that you're given, that really speaks to me. And the fact, like I said earlier, that St. Louis was only 43 when he died, and many of the saints that we've study in life have died at a young age. It really, really calls to me, carpe diem, seize the day. What do we have to do today? Because we just don't know how long we have. I remember too, and it was well after I got married, realizing that the prayer that the priest prayed gave my husband and I all the grace necessary to last that lifetime commitment. And we just need to tap into the grace. And I just find that the daily Eucharist, while it may not always be daily, but, you know, the intentions there, that that's my lifeline. That keeps me uh, being able to live out that commitment. And I cannot do it without it. The statistics within our society show too often that we have a hard time making that commitment, making those long-term commitments. We're a restless society. So many people don't stay in, in their career field for an extended period of time like our fathers did or our grandparents did. And even within marriages, I mean, we're seeing the marriages falling apart on a daily basis here in this country. I think that's an important element that we need to bring into our consecration, that we that we pray and that we strive for that ability of stability and and to go the long haul. Yeah. And, you know, I love what Mary Beth is saying about, you know, trying to receive Jesus in the Eucharist as often as possible, mm-hmm. because that yes. is daily bread. You know, we pray in the Our Father, give us this day our daily bread. And that that spiritual bread that physical body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, that is what lets us go day to day. And how do you get to 16 years of being a priest or 28 years of being married? It's one day at a time, every single day, giving your yes, and and in, in a sense, really picking up your cross again every day and carrying it. And that's really where we find the joy. 
you know, when we can give our yes and our Lord comes alongside us and he makes our burdens easy and he says, come after me, and, and that's where we find the joy. And, you know, the beauty is is that it doesn't have to be no. perfect. <laughs> you know, you can say, I'm in, but it's certainly not perfect. And that's, you know, as I've learned as being a parent, that we just every day look at our children and the mistakes that they make. And, and the next day you wake up mm-hmm. and it's okay and you start all fresh. And that's what our Father in Heaven is looking down. We find that our marriage or our or our children become our cross sometimes where we're thinking, what have I done? How did I mess that up? If we offer that back to Christ and offer it to Mary to bring to Christ for us, she will perfect it and she will bring it back to us. She does. And I really, as I've consecrated previously, I've really felt Mary's loving hand, you know, kind of guiding and directing and oh, maybe not there. <laughs> Let's try this or or a little bit of guidance. How about that part where St. Louis makes his pilgrimage to Rome? I mean, walking that entire thousand miles to ask the Pope for advice. And uh, he receives from the Pope the title Apostolic Missionary and is commissioned to return to France and preach and teach. What's the longer distance you've ever walked, physically or metamorphically, in order to win something or to accomplish something or for any reason whatsoever? Were you seeking to help others, or was this a private quest? Were you successful? Personally, for me, I've stopped Mm -hmm. running now that I've turned 50. I'm more in the water. Mm -hmm. I swim, and my kids go, when are you going to swim in a swim meet? And I'm like, I'm not. I'm just doing it to keep up with you guys. And, you know, Mary Beth's a lot more athletic than I am. So, like, I I wrote down a little goal, you know, like I want to walk in the morning a mile or two just to have that quiet prayer time. So I can't even imagine a thousand miles to Rome. I like that that's an example in there for us to follow. Like, what are the little goals that we want to set for ourselves, um, whether they're physical or, you know, spiritual as we take on this retreat. And for some of us, I think it's going to, the first goal should be is just to get through the 33 days. How are we going to just carve out that time each day, either to read the book or listen to the podcast and, and move through it? You're listening to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. Our guests today, Julie Musselman and Mary Beth Finster. As we begin a 33-day preparation for consecration to Jesus Christ through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We are using the book, 33 Days to Morning Glory. It's a do-it-yourself retreat written by Father Michael Gately and the Retreat Companion. We've gone through the first three questions of day one on the Retreat Companion by Carol R. Younger. You can get your own copy of these resources at the website, 33daystomorningglory.com. That's 33daystomorningglory.com. I highly encourage that you get your own copy so that you can do your own readings and meditations. And the Retreat Companion has great spots to write down notes to all of these questions that we've been reviewing. Just a quick reminder that the Retreat Companion is something that's meant to ask questions. And it isn't something that you have to sit down in a quiet room because for a lot of us, finding 33 days to, to find that quiet space would be difficult. Rather, this is something that you can ponder these questions throughout the day by putting it on a podcast like this. It also gives you the opportunity to listen while you're driving in your car on your way to work or home from work. If you have a commute, it's a great way to turn that into a growing moment spiritually for yourself. We will be back with Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses.
Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. And oh, how exciting this is. We are beginning a 33-day retreat, preparing our hearts and minds and souls to consecrate our lives to Christ through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The idea of the, of the consecration was originally written by St. Louis de Montfort. His consecration is beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful consecration, but it becomes a little bit of a prayer marathon at times. Father Michael Gately saw this need for Marian consecration that would fit into our busy lifestyles, into our busy days. So he wrote the book, 33 Days to Morning Glory, so that people of our generation, people of this time, based on where society is at, we could comprehend and understand what Marian consecration is. Although 33 days seems like a lot, it seems like a big commitment. It's something that we can do. So here at Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses, we're turning the entire retreat book and companion into a podcast for you. We've already gone through our first reading of the day in the first three questions. We are on question four. Julie, what is that question for today? Do we have a fire in our hearts as we begin this retreat? Well, do we? You know, I do. Re- reconsider what. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> reconsider what might have been your motive to uh-huh. start to get this retreat going and contemplate the, the total consecration to Jesus through Mary. Have we asked Mary to start a divine fire in our heart for Jesus? And what obstacles might she find there that would interfere with beginning and that burning desire to love Jesus? And how can we overcome them? You know, I think. Some of us who are more fiery than others might be, you know, right, right away. And yet there are some of us who might be listening her be like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, this is just kind of a lot or it feels scary or I don't really have a relationship with Mary. Um, what, what do you say to those, those people that might be having really some questions in their mind? Well, I think the support of another person helps. It certainly is more motivating. Um, you know, you definitely don't want to give up. If if you miss a couple mm-hmm. days, you just start again. And Father Gately says that within the context of each day. And just setting that goal, like Julie said, of, of just trying to finish this, maybe even breaking it down. Let's just get through mm-hmm. today and, uh, you know, start there. One of the things he also says in the introduction to the book, 33 Days to Morning Glory, is if life happens, which it will, and you you get rolling and you miss a day, you miss two days, you miss three days in a row, whatever it might be, pick it back up again. Our Lord and Our Lady know what's going on in your life, so don't quit. Just pick it back up, and if you can double time and do two days at once, or if it even takes you a little bit longer just to make it all the way through, keep going. And and one thing I think we should talk about, frankly, is that this consecration is so efficacious and important that the evil one does not want this to go forward. Let's let's be real here, okay? Two million copies of this book have gone out, and Mary is on the move, and something really amazing is going on in our country with so many souls consecrating and giving their lives to Jesus through Mary. And you have to think that the devil does not want that to happen. So is he going to try to put in little fiery things here and there to to tweak us on the road? Absolutely. And are we going to let him keep us down? Absolutely (laughs) not. (laughs) You bring up the, the thought of if I miss a day. I used to really stress when I would miss a day in a novena. And then I'd heard one time that you can actually do a novena in one day 
doing nine hours. So there's no problem if you need to make up a day by squeezing two into one day. God doesn't go by the same clock we do. It's okay. And I have a, I have a love the phrase, Mary's not a bureaucrat, you <laughs> yes. know? I always think of that. Like, we just keep going. And, and we are truly little children in her eyes. And think of ourselves as mothers, you know, if our little child is struggling but trying to continue, we're so impressed. Yes by just that mm-hmm. desire in their heart to continue that we love them all the more and that's us so and you know it also causes me to personally look at my life and, and how I'm using my time I mean uh, you know social media is wonderful but are we spending too much time on it? I, it it causes me whenever I commit to something like this that I need to reorder and really remove the things that I'm, I'm, I'm truly are not bringing me closer to God and so when you do that I, I think God will totally amaze you and you will find the time since it only takes about five minutes a day. And we've made it so easy for you because we're turning it into a podcast. So if you're driving in the car, you can listen, you can turn that, that drive time, your commute time into a spiritual growth time. And that is, is, I'm so excited to give this gift. And Mary, you have no idea. I live in my car. (laughs) I don't know if, like, there's other mothers in there, but I spend 90% of my day in the car. So thank you for offering this because I have lots of opportunities while I'm driving. If you're in the car with your kids, your kids now can participate in this consecration with you. And they really absorb a lot when they're in the car. You know, even if they don't let you know that they're listening, they are listening, and the impact is profound on it. Mary, one of the other things we've put together on the blog, 33daystomorninggory.com, is we've put a little recap of each day in there um, so that you can, we've mm-hmm. put a couple pictures in there, you know, like the first one for day one, we've got a picture of the map of France oh, with nice. Brittany mm-hmm. jutting off into the side and a picture of Braveheart. And, you know, I think that's kind of a fun thing, too, just to queue up and uh, renew the prayer each day as well as uh, have a visual of what you're going to be pondering. Because one of the important things about this retreat is the readings are very short, and the little prayer at the end of each day is very Mm -hmm. short. So today's prayer, Come Holy Spirit, Living in Mary, help me to make this retreat with generosity and zeal. Father Gately is asking us to ponder that all day long. You know, just take that one mm-hmm. sentence, help me to make this retreat with generosity and zeal into your day and all day long. And I know some people have, like, written it out on, on their bathroom mirror or put it on an index card and carried it around or put it on their screensaver or whatever. Just to be thinking about that as you're moving through your day, help me to make this retreat with generosity and zeal. And, and as you do that each day, you're really going to be committing to turning your mind to Jesus through Mary throughout the day. You know, Julie, I, I really like the idea of the visuals because for me, I find that I, I would, would start the prayer in the morning and then I, I know by 12 o'clock I'm going to be, what's that prayer again? Yes. Um, it also helps, I think, when you're dealing with your children and maybe you're doing the consecration together and it helps the kids something simple that they can just a take-home message for that day. keeps it simple. Well, this wraps up day one of our retreat. Now, if you're just joining this retreat, and you're thinking, wait a minute, I don't have my book yet. I don't have my resources. I want all those things. Julie, how can people get their hands on these pieces? It's really simple. Just go to 33daystomorninggory.com, and you can see right there on the website, it says click here for, for the resources or for more info. I'd be glad to help you. I work with groups all across the country, getting them set up. 
And uh, individuals, you know, who want to get the book, we'd be glad to help you do and that. And we want to note here that it's the number 33, not spelled out, but numbers 33, 33 days for morningglory.com. And so this is something that you, that they can bring to their parish as well. You don't have to follow the podcast. If, if you want to read it and you really want to absorb it and you have that time in your day, fabulous. You can order these resources and start a group in your parish. And Mary, what we've seen happening over and over all throughout the country is somebody will read or consecrate themselves personally or maybe mm-hmm. with their family, and their desire to share this is just tremendous. And, you know, we're starting it this time, February 20th, to consecrate on March 25th, the Annunciation, but there's feast days throughout the year. It's kind of a rolling start. Every Almost every month of the year has a start date and a feast day. Each day does end with a prayer for that day, and today's prayer is, Come Holy Spirit. Spirit, living in Mary, help me to make this retreat with generosity and zeal. In addition to that daily prayer, each week also features a specific Marian prayer for the week. When you're working in a small group session, it is prayed at the small group session. The prayers reflect the deep Marian piety that has marked the lives of so many Catholics. These four traditional prayers have been beloved for centuries, but sadly in our own day have already largely been forgotten. Now, you will pray these weekly prayers daily yourself, at least once a day. Multiple times a day is always good. Simply do what's convenient for you. The one thing that you need to make sure you're careful of is that you don't burn out or flame out at the very beginning of the retreat trying to keep up a prayer marathon. Keep your focus on the most important prayer practice of the retreat. That is the prayerful pondering. During the retreat, a high quality of prayerful pondering wins out over a large quantity of vocal prayers. Now, the prayer for week one is the Angelus. The Angelus comes from the first word of the prayer in Latin. This age-old prayer honors the mystery of the Incarnation and is traditionally prayed at 6 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. It is best practice to be standing while you pray this prayer. Let's take a moment now, and we're going to pray the Angelus together. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary. And she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God. That we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we too, whom the incarnation of Christ that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. What we're going to do in the last segment of the show today is we're going to share with you the prayers and spirituality of St. Louis de Montfort. You will get an opportunity to pray and sing some of the same prayers that he himself prayed. Stay tuned. It's all coming up on Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses. Welcome back to Real Life Radio's Living Witnesses with Mary Graham. 
We've completed our first day of preparation for Marian consecration with Father Michael Gately. What we're going to do during this last segment of the show is we're going to share with you the prayers and the spirituality of St. Louis de Montfort. On day one of, of St. Louis's consecration preparation, you would read from the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, chapter five, verses one through 19. This is the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon about the Beatitudes. Following that, there's a series of prayers that, that we are to pray or to sing, and we did find them on the Internet. The first one we're going to sing is Vene Creator. We might know it better as Come Holy Spirit, Creator Blessed. I found the Latin online, so that's what we are going to share with you today. While we're listening to this beautiful song in Latin, you can ponder the retreat questions from today. The first one is, what is it about your family and birthplace that might contribute or provide to obstacles to your own growth and holiness? And the second one, we were thinking about what circumstances, employments, relationships have lasted that long or longer, being 16 years, and what benefits come from those because of those years? Did you have any difficulties in that relationship? What advice would you give someone on their relationships? Here it is now, Vene Creator Spiritus, and it was found on the YouTube channel, and it was found on the YouTube channel Tradcat, that's T-R-A-D-C-A-T, Faith and Morals.
prayer that St. Montfort prayed in his total consecration was Ave Maria Stella. Let's ponder the next question, question number three, as we listen to this song. And this question pertained to St. Louis walking his thousand miles to talk to the Pope. What is the longest distance you have ever walked, physically or metaphorically, in order to win something, to accomplish something, or for any reason whatsoever? Were you seeking to help others, or was this a private quest? And were you successful? Let us pray the Magnificat together. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. 
From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. He has mercy on those who fear Him in every generation. He has shown the strength of His arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he had made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. For our final song, we're going to sing a Hail Mary, and let's ponder the fourth and final question. Do you have a fire in your hearts as you begin this retreat? Have you asked Mary to start a divine fire in your heart for Jesus? What obstacles might she find there that would interfere with the beginning of that burning desire to love Jesus, and how will you overcome them? day one of our preparation for Marian consecration. We will continue tomorrow on this 33-day journey with Father Michael Gately on Living Witnesses with Mary Graham.